Little Beeb. You're listening to the beautiful sounds of praise and worship on Praise Until Dawn, here on the Praise Broadcasting Network. As usual, I want to point you to our podcast of A Time Apart and Praise Until Dawn up at our website at pbnradio.com. That's PBN, Praise Broadcasting Network, pbnradio.com. And at the top of the page there, click on Podcast. You'll find both broadcasts up there a time apart. We'll have ATA colon in front of it. I want to welcome our Roku listeners. If you have Roku, great way to listen to Praise Until Dawn and Praise Broadcasting Network. Just search for, if, if you don't already know, just search for PBN or Praise Broadcasting Network. And I also want to say hello to all of our iWatch listeners, tablet, iPod, iPad listeners, Samsung, iPhone, and other phone listeners, and of course our laptop and desktop listeners, and our iHeartRadio listeners. And I'm, I'm sure I've left somebody out, but whatever platform you're using to listen, welcome. Those listening by Alexa, ask her to play PBN Classic on TuneIn. I actually use Alexa to monitor pbnradio.com. Great way to listen. Good sound on it. I also want to remind you about our pbnradio.com Facebook page as well as my personal site. Go to our pbnradio.com homepage at pbnradio.com and click on the little blue and white Facebook logo at the top. It has a a small letter F, which is white, with a a circle of blue behind it. That's Facebook. That will take you to our pbnradio.com Facebook page. For my personal page, while you're at the pbnradio.com Facebook page, go up to the search bar and at the top enter Pat Rutherford 1232. Pat Rutherford 1232. Forever 
faithfulness is great Your mercies none can fathom All that we could be Well, it was a little funny. <laughs> I uh, I was trying to get something to to drink real quick, and I I noticed that the the music was was dying down, and I knew I had just a few more seconds. And little possum loves to stay in Claudia's little office right next to the studio here, and. <laughs> I yelled in Little Possum, Little Possum, will you go get on the air for me real quick? No! <laughs> and yet she probably knows just about as well as I do how to do this. I mean, shes I used to hold her as, as a little baby uh, while I was at the soundboard. And then she would stay in with us. She grew up, she would stay in with us and have the computer in there. And she, she knows how to do this stuff. Matter of fact, I've told her that you're taking over. You might as well learn it all. You're taking it over. So, it's kind of funny that they panic. No! <laughs> Anyways, it is good to be with you. I am uh, working on more music. Um, it's just... Um, It's just good to be here. Good to have something that I I really enjoy to come to every day. So the babies are out of school now, and uh, for the summer, they start long before the regular schools do in, in August, so they get out earlier, and so the, the babies, grandbabies love to, <laughs> she'll be 15, and I still call her 
our, our grandbaby. She'll always be our grandbaby. And so will little Peanut, and so will the five others. Um, but Claudia and I love having them over here. And so we'll have them probably most of the summer. I mean, they, they only live across the street in one house down. Um, but they love coming over here and spending time. We just kind of give them the run of the place and we have little things for them to eat and drink here. And uh, that's the way it was when I went to my grandmother's house down in, <clears throat> down in San Antonio for two or three weeks each summer. Uh, she would have the stuff there for me and I'd grab them. We'd go, I'd sit in front of the TV watch um, it wasn't the wonderful world of color it was just the Disney program can you believe how far Disney has come now I, I just I'm I am just dumbfounded at the 180 degree turn that it has taken and if you don't know about it, you need to read up on it before you go there next time. Um, and it might be a little eye-opening for you when you find out that half of the characters are transsexual characters and half of the attractions are catering to the transsexuals. Um, you know, I, I don't have hate in my heart for those people. My heart hurts for those people but it's not the kind of thing I want my babies and my grandbabies and my great grandbabies and my great great grandbabies to, to be around that's that's not the kind of lifestyle that we are taught and that we do teach and if they want to take that as homophobia or transphobia or whatever it is that so be it it's not but so be it it's a choice you know, you can't force people to believe that way. Anyway, any more than I can force them to be heterosexual. Isn't it interesting how, how, how many percent is it now? Eight percent of, of the people, um, I can't believe it's that high. But they say that uh, they are homosexuals or lesbians or gay or transsexuals or pansexuals or whatever it is, you know, LGBTQ, whatever. Um, and yet it seems like all of society is catering to these people. How? And to see the anger toward us who choose to obey God rather than obey what man is saying. I mean, the pressure they're putting on uh, companies to be quote-unquote woke. Well, if that's what it means, I guess I'll stay asleep. The laws that are being put in place, the, you know, how it's going hand in hand with the uh, pandemic, so to speak.
how there would have not been any pandemic if they would have allowed, the governments had allowed hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Virtually no virus. I mean, it, it probably would have been there, but those were the cures. And yet governments outlawed them. Governors here in the United States outlawed them. And how do you get a hold of that stuff? It's amazing how things have gone down the way they are. But I have found, you know, is, is this the end of days? Is, is this it? I, I don't know. Uh, there are some that says there's going to be a third grade great awakening, meaning Christian awakening. Uh, is, is that going to happen? I don't know. There's kind of a gap between this is going to happen and it's just the start of what will happen and the actual events that are the end of days. Uh, what's in between? I don't know. Maybe if I knew Revelation better. Uh, good friend, listener that I've known for many, many, many years, uh, Jeff, has given me access to his server where he has all of uh, Chuck Missler's teachings on there and, and others um, love Chuck Missler. So much on there. How do you get to it all? If I had finished his revelation, I will at some point. Maybe I would know what's in between. I've studied revelation before. And I don't remember any in-between stuff, but there's a lot of stuff in there in the end of days. So what's between, you know, if we can read, we can see how bad it is and was this time. If this is just a precursor. Um. How bad it must be for next time. And yet I find that the worse that it gets in this world with evil, the more God pours out his spirit. And he pours out information he pours out blessings for those who are listening. If, if you're panicking, that, that, can't, that, that means that you are giving more honor and credence to what Satan is doing than what God does. But if we practice now putting all that other stuff aside, practice trusting 
How are you going to practice trusting? Well, you're going to have to go through some tough times. That's the only way you can... I mean, God is not just going to ding, okay, you've made it, come on through. It, it takes blood, sweat, and tears. But don't fear it. God gives us the grace to go through it. We keep practicing what God says in His Word. I there there is um, I I love this translation of the Bible, the the Passion translation, uh, and it's a translation. It's it's not a uh, just a revising of of the words in there. It's an actual translation, and the notes down there at the bottom are. It's like a gold mine. And they will tell you why they're wording it that way. And uh, from the Aramaic, uh, from the Hebrew, this is the way that it can be translated, that this word means more than just this. Um, it's, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, one of our precious listeners, uh, Donnie, um, sent this to Claudia and I, each of us, one of these this last Christmas. And uh, I had known a little bit about the Passion Translation um, from Bible Gateway, but I didn't have one of my own. I had talked to uh, our good friend uh, Steve, uh, Stephen Doreen, uh, who started and, and owned the Elijah List that goes around prophetic uh, online. And he told me who had done it and um, that he had actually gone through. You know, I, I gather it's a team that he had, but, but through the original languages and all that. So it, it's, a, it's a translation. Here is, uh, I, after I read this, I haven't told you what it is yet. After I read this, I told Claudia, I said, have you read the, what they call the Lord's Prayer in the Passion Translation, she says, it's incredible, isn't it? I said, yes. Listen to this. Think of, most of you know our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And it's almost become like it's one of those things that, that you know because it's been recited so much. And uh, maybe your church gets up and recites it every week or, or something like this. And it's become memorization for you. It's just, it's, it's kind of like Psalm 23, you know, as you just spit it out and you don't stop to think. What is the valley of the shadow of death? What, what was that? Well, right across from Jerusalem, the city of David, was the Mount of Olives. And that's where, that's the burial ground for the Jews. I mean, if you went there today, you're just all over the side of the Mount of Olives. And when the sun's going down, the valley, and the Kidron Valley is right below right in between 
It's a deep valley there. And it's in between the city of David and where all the burials are up on the side of the Mount of Olives. And I can just see David outside the city walking and thinking. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are with me. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the King who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Now, I, I will agree that doesn't have the rhythm and, and the rhyme of the one that we quote all the time. You know, that, that wasn't what God actually, he, he, Jesus spoke in uh, Aramaic or Hebrew. They, they say that during that time, a lot of what was spoken was Aramaic. So whether it was Hebrew or Aramaic that he was speaking, and the rhyme that the, the, the rhythm, the meter of the passage here that you've gotten used to, that, that's the, the, the translators didn't care about the rhythm or rhyme. They wanted it to be the closest they could in English to what was said. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. new memories
giving us your memory It's not just perspective It's innocence restored
Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn.
through something or push through something. But I just feel like this morning we're meant to fall back into the grace that's been there all along. So it's not about trying to evoke something in yourself. It's not about trying to conjure something up to say to God. It's about waking up to his ever-present presence that has been with us the whole time. Like what we sing about his breath being in our lungs, that's a, to me that's as literal as it is imaginative and spiritual. It's, it's everything. It's, it's, we live on the borrowed breath of God. So for this morning, who, whoever came in here negotiating basically that your yes is just to show up, that is your worship. That is the most beautiful thing you could possibly give him. It's not about trying to force yourself to do something this morning. It's about stepping in to a deeper reality of him who was with you all along. Does that make sense? So we're just going to linger here a little bit longer. I'm just going to have him play. We're just going to engage in our hearts. Not necessarily have to say anything. Just engage in your heart. Just check in with your heart and go, okay, I'm here. That's it. Just, I'm here. That's it. That's it. That is your, that is your present miracle that you're standing.
depression flee, depression flee. Chains of addiction just break. Yeah, where your spirit is, God, there is freedom. Let the spirit minister to you right now. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Just a little bit long.
者。So now I live with the confidence. So now I live with the confidence. So now I live with confidence. So now we live with confidence. Now we live with confidence <laughs> that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that His love will triumph over death, love's troubles, life's troubles. Fallen angels or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken His love. There is no power above us or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which was lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. There is nothing. Say it with me. There is nothing. Again, there is nothing. Again, there is nothing that can separate. Me, from the love of God, through Christ Jesus. I woke up with this song in my heart、um, about the solidarity of Jesus walking through us through fire, through flood. It's not just out there, guys. The spirit of the living God lives inside of us, and we pass through things. We really do. We go through things. But as we just read in Romans eight, none of it, nothing that we will go through, nothing that we have gone through, nothing that comes against us will separate us or distance us from the love of God. So that's it. That settles that. That's where our confidence is. Our confidence is in Jesus. Not in our ability to hold on to Jesus, even it's in Jesus' ability to hold on to us. So we're gonna sing it. It's called "There's Another in the Fire." Some of you may know it, some of you don't. That's all right. We're gonna sing it. We're gonna absorb it. That's that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna absorb this reality. Jesus is with us right here, right now. There is another.
we saw flames. I want us to locate the last place that we felt we were drowning. And that could be today. You might have come here with that in mind because this might be your last stop. And I want you to locate that place and I want you to sing it to yourself in that place. You don't have to yell it just yet. We're gonna get to that because we're gonna sing it for people who can't sing it for themselves. But the, for those of us who feel like we've stepped a little bit over the edge onto the other side of breakthrough, I want you to sing it. I want you to remember that last place you were and I want you to sing it from that place. Sing it from the fire. Sing it from the flood. Sing it as you were drowning in baptism. Sing it. You guys good? There's no other name. Let's sing that verse a couple of times and then we're gonna go into the chorus and we're gonna just lift the roof off of this place. We're gonna sing it for all of us every single human being that exists on the planet. I believe in a father and a son and a Holy Ghost that is so good, so good, that this song goes out, right? It goes out, it doesn't ever stay right here. It goes out, we're all connected. There is no other name but the name that is singing from the fire. It was and still is and will be through it all. Between all these things unseen and a second name. Oh, I know I'll never be alone. Alright, sing it again. There's no other name. There is no
I don't think anyone's truly equipped to go out in front of a billion, two billion, three billion people on an Olympic stage and you're scared out of your mind. On a 200 by 100 surface of ice, you wonder why you do this because you're so nervous. On two 10 inch lengths of quarter inch wide steel, through this, just get me through this. And you're to manipulate those edges for four and a half minutes and do triple jumps and athleticism and not make a mistake. It's impossible. But I found a way to be just, just good enough <laughs> to win the gold medal. The more I look back on it, I think it's unbelievably awesome. Like, that was me. You know, I always thought if I could be really good on the ice, you know, I could become famous. <laughs> I, I think I'm probably more known for my health problems now than I am for anything I ever did um, on skates. When I was very little, I suffered from a disease that stopped me from growing. It was in and out of hospitals for years and I was never really home. And so what ended up happening was I came back from kind of being in and out of hospitals and I ended up going to the skating club thing just by accident. And I found skating, which kind of took on a life of its own and, and it progressed and pretty soon I'm competing, pretty soon I'm living away from home. All my role models and, and the people that were teaching me how to live day to day were older skaters. So there was a lot of it that was terrific, but a lot of it that really um, wasn't guiding me in, in any real direction. It wasn't until I suffered the devastation of my mother losing her battle to cancer that something was awakened in me. I knew I needed something more, something better. I think I needed to have uh, some strength. and. My mother um, was my source of strength. When she was living, I would disappoint her. But when she, when she was gone, I, I just didn't ever want to be less than she thought I could be. I was happy to just work. I was happy to just entertain. I do well, and I think that was that was good enough. Skating had given me life as a child, and it given me, you know, kind of a strength as an adult. But what was about to happen uh, really changed my life forever. You know, cancer it put me into a phase of my life where I just needed to kind of sort it all out. I just survived something. Why? I, I survived something that took the most important person in my life off the planet, that was my mother. She died of cancer and I survived. What's my purpose now? What, what do I need to do? What, how do I? And a big part of that dust settling was getting with Tracy. And she brought me to the church. She took me to a minister, a man named Ken Durham. And the first thing he said to me, which was, was extraordinary, was he goes, you have to understand that Christianity is, is a faith of history. These things actually happened. And I go, okay, that's a good starting off point. And just study what has happened and, and see how that 
resonates in your own life. And it grew. It just sort of, it's like, okay, I get it. When you survive testicular cancer um, and you want to start a family, you don't know what the issues are going to be. And um, I prayed that I, I would someday become a father. Tracy and I, we got engaged and married, and then my son was born nine months and two days after we got married. <laughs> so I guess there was a plan there. I thought I paid my health dues when I had cancer, but this was a whole other issue. Uh, I have a brain tumor. How do I tell my wife? And we have a 14-month-old son. How do, I, how do I tell my wife that I have a brain tumor? I'd just gotten the news an hour before. I met them at the hotel, and I, she goes, what's going on? And I said, I have a brain tumor. And she took my hands, and without hesitation, she just started to pray. And it was in that moment I knew where I was going to put everything. My trust, my faith, everything. So the most powerful moment of my life. From that moment forward, we just said, whatever it is, whatever it takes, we'll face this. When they're gonna do a biopsy, they tell you, we're gonna drill a hole in your head, and then we're gonna take um, a needle down through your brain and take a piece of the tumor. <laughs> they said, we seem to have found a safe corridor <laughs> to do this. And I go, well, I'm not using most of it, but um, they tell you all the things that can go wrong in that surgery. And I remember waking up and I looked at the clock and it was 10.20. I knew where I was. And then the next thing I saw was my wife come in with a smile on her face. She said, they know what it is. And they found out that that brain tumor was one that I was born with, one that I'd had since birth, which inhibited my growth as a young child. That was the mysterious illness I had that they never diagnosed that got me into skating. Who would I be? without a brain tumor. I'm five foot four. If I were five eight, if I would have grown those years, five ten, where would I be? Who would I be? I could choose to look at it as debilitating, to choose to focus on the suffering. I choose to look at that brain tumor as the greatest gift I could have gotten because it made everything else possible. I didn't see past it this time. I didn't think I would survive. One point I was starting to really feel weak. And one nurse in particular, I was up at three o'clock in the morning and I just was uncomfortable. 
And she goes, can, can I get you anything? And I, I just said, no. I go, I'm just a little scared. And she said, do you pray? I said, yes. And she said, what do you say when you pray? I go, well, I just, I just thank God for all the blessings in my life. Do you ask him for anything? No. I just, I just want him to know I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Well, who is God to you? And I said, well, I, I guess he's, he's my father. Oh, you're a father, right? Yes. If one of your children were hurting, wouldn't you want him to come to you for comfort, strength? Yes. So I change the way I pray now. I ask. Uninhibitedly, I ask. I ask to heal. I ask for strength. I ask for courage. I ask for another child. I want to talk about miracles. It's after surviving the pituitary brain tumor. It's impossible, practically impossible. I did six injections a week for two years. No luck. We're not meant to have another child. We gave that to God. A month later, we found out that Max was on his way. Miracle Max. When I look back and I see all those little moments in my life where I needed a great deal of strength, I understand that through a strong relationship with Jesus, you can endure anything. I've just learned that the only true disability in life is a bad attitude. God is there to guide you through the tough spots. God was there every single time. <laughs> every single time. My name is Scott Hamilton, and I am second.
praising the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name. Let them praise his name. Let them
this crazy world Heavy with sorrow and grief Oh, what a mess Like a ship that is sinking to its doom Losing its treasure and where can a young life turn? On an earth that has traveled to the moon I still see so much wrong and I don't need to look far Time's coming when you won't have any food And I know for sure that your money, it won't take you very far There's the Protestants and the Catholics Both having themselves a war And the world looks on and wonders What for? But my Lord brings his message It's true and so clear But there's so much confusion It brings me many times to eyes of my Lord to see young people being taken for a ride it hurts me when I see there's so much going wrong and yet I in myself I can't change many things at all Every 
Everybody else must be wrong Till someone with fool's wisdom Somehow comes along His voice was strange And the words he said I didn't quite understand Yet I knew that he was speaking right By the leatherback book in his hand
Like the sun that rises every day, you are so faithful, Lord. You are faithful, like the rain that you send in every breath that I breathe. You are so faithful, Lord. Like a rose. Alive every spring, you are so faithful, Lord. You are faithful, like the life that you give to every beat of my heart. You are so faithful, Lord. I see a cross and the price you had to pay. I see the blood. That wash my sins away, and in the midst of a storm, through the wind and the waves, you'll still be faithful. You'll still. Be 
Supported. Your donations help keep PBN on the air for listeners just like you all over the world. Donations are tax deductible in the United States and appreciated from around the world. Our address is Praise Broadcasting Network, P.O. Box 2468, Asheboro, North Carolina, 27204. You can also visit our website at www.pbnradio.com. Pat and Claudia love reading your email. You may send it to mail at pbnradio.com or call them at 336-626-PRAY. That's 336-626-7729. You're listening to Praise Until Dawn, coast to coast and around the world, here on the Praise Broadcasting Network. 